Q-O-L. Happy Wednesday. Technically, it's hump day, right? Ha, ha, ha. Anyways, everybody, so excited to chat today using my excited phrase again, which, you know, it can get old, but I appreciate you guys at least holding on holding on for with me for me and today I didn't really have a specific thing in mind to chat about but ironically as these things do happen life goes on and all of a sudden here we are and we have a topic and it's actually I think a really important topic because at the end of the day We all need to have our wellness in check. We all need to know the the tall tale signs of a good business person, a good boss, a good business partner, and just uh, a good and bad opportunity or a good and bad uh, event or festival. So without further ado, we are talking about the Fire Festival that Netflix just so happened to make their own original documentary on. And the funny thing, well, I just realized as I was searching some some information that I guess Hulu put out their own as well. So haven't watched that yet. So I apologize if any information I miss or... You know, something is paraphrased in a weird way that's, you know, debunked off the Hulu version or whatever. But regardless, I I want to, you know, talk off the cuff. I want to, you know, I want to speak my mind just from from what I personally got from the movie, but also how much of a factor the wellness side of the people running the event and also the quote-unquote wealth behind it. So this is like the perfect day to do this because today we're talking about wealth and wellness because it's Wealth and Wellness Wednesday. So let's just jump right in. Uh, If you don't know what the Fire Festival was, it was essentially what Netflix called the greatest party that never happened. Now, I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything, but I've had some experience in not not only putting on shows, but even putting on events that have not only music, not only bands and musicians and lighting and production, but yeah, food, uh, maybe entertainment in the beginning or after, uh, the setup and teardown, the, just the overall... Uh, you know, the overall process of something like a festival. So to me, this really hit home because I can just imagine what all the individuals who went to put on this event, all the locals who took time out of their life to help partner with these people that weren't from, you know, their country and to essentially put on something that at, after all was said and done 
was just fraud, was just a whole big lie. And I mean, it's it's corrupt beyond belief, but this this type of shit happens all the time. And I really want us to begin these types of conversations because I want you to know what's out there. I want you to be able to see a situation, to see the leadership or to see the facade or the the disillusioned uh, facts or the the just everything from like afar. Like I want you to see those things from afar, not have to necessarily be involved and and know to stay the hell away from those kinds of people. They're super stressful people. They're manipulative and it's just it's just not worth it. And let the people that want to be a part of that crowd, that scene, that industry live in their own little world. Let them let them do it. There's no reason why you have to. And so so right off the bat, um, the I guess the founder of it or the creator or the mastermind behind the festival was a guy named Billy McFarland. Now, Billy, he had his own company before this. He was always an entrepreneur since like the age of 20. He was he was starting things and and, you know, he was a great salesman which most corrupt people are. They're good at selling shit and, and, and a fake imaginary thing that, that, that can't exist and won't exist, especially the way in which they're going about it. So, um, yeah, so he, he started his own like credit card company. Um, I believe it's called Magnus. Uh, I'm just gonna Magnus, Magnus, I believe. And pretty much it was just a company that that allowed you to use their credit card, but it was, you know, to get into private events or get backstage access or just little perks, you know, little perks that today when you get an Amex card, you know, you have that exclusivity where you can, you know, you know, look back on, you know, applying for that card and being like, yeah, I made the right decision. Sure, anyone can give me credit, but if I can get credit and a little extra, why not? So that was kind of his bread and butter. That was his reputation. And uh, after that was said and done, he ended up uh, founding and becoming the CEO of Fire Media. And that's Fire with a Y. And, you know, that was that was, I guess, going well because they were actually planning on launching an app. And having everyone who, you know, they, they did uh, a lot of social media stuff, but they also did, I believe they did like artist um, hiring and scouting and they did, I'm sure they did events as well. But uh, he had a longtime friend uh, who all of us know as Ja Rule, who essentially they were talking, they decided that they were going to do this festival and Billy had the idea of doing it on like a, an island. And initially, they had actually gotten most of that approved uh, through the, I guess it was the lawyers of Pablo Escobar. And it was in the Bahamas. And supposedly, 
the price was like eight to ten million or something. But as Billy had done before, he was a good talker, a good motivator of other people to back him initially, at least to fund his his dream or his thoughts, his vision. And so he wasn't necessarily paying for everything, but he was getting the funds from other investors. And lo and behold, it comes up in the video that, uh, or the, the film, that he essentially was stating that they owned the island. But in all honesty, the only thing that they really owned was like a partial lease and they hadn't even essentially paid for it yet. So they just showed up and just started scouting and and running things. And um, their biggest promotion, their biggest, uh, I guess, presence as far as advertising goes was this really drawn out, elaborate, uh, you know, uh, social media campaign with a lot of influencers, the top models at the time. And obviously it's the Bahamas. So everything looks amazing. And granted, they got yachts and they got, you know, little areas where, you know, they were serving drinks and having a good time. And, you know, the models did what they did. The influencers did what they did. And essentially, you know, everyone who was kind of a part of it was there enjoying this this moment where, I mean, they, they kind of they kind of summed it up as that was essentially fire festival was these 60 people hanging out on the island taking video and and taking all these these shots to essentially you know promote something that they didn't even know how it was going to happen but they knew what it needed to look like so as all of us probably know we we ourselves are totally uh guilty of being fake at times, especially on social media. Cause we all, you know, we all take selfies and we all, you know, angle it a certain way. So we look skinny or we look fit or we look whatever, or our outfit looks, you know, looks great. But they did that to the 10,000th degree. So they took all the best shots, all the best, you know, scenes and best people they could find to create this facade and you know right there you know as a business owner as a leader as a boss as an employer you don't want to do that you don't want to give that false sense of 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 a quality of life you know you that should never be your goal unless you are actually able to do it either because you've already lived it, you know, it'd be different if the, the, you know, the fire festival team or fire media team or whatever you want to call it, that group, which most of them were super innocent. Most of them are just, you know, guys on and girls on computers at a office in New York. But for those who were a part of it and I mean, you know, this kind of stems into the spiritual wellness side, like, there's something inside of all of us that goes, this probably isn't the best way to do something or, or, you know, like I said, as, as a employer, a boss, a business owner, you, you need to have a fine line to what you, you create as being reality. And, you know, 
you know, cause there's that distortion field. I think that was a Steve Jobs term, but, you know, entering into this distortion field where you, you say something like it's, it's, it's actual fact, but at the end of the day, there's no facts behind it and you've never done it. So how would you know? And so long story short is that's essentially what happened from the beginning to what became inevitably the end of quote unquote fire festival. Cause the thing never happened. People showed up, people, people were drawn to this social media campaign. They did this, they did this huge thing where they, they had all these influencers. And if you don't know what influencer is, it's basically a person on social media who has a lot of, a lot of people following them and they're able to apply a brand, apply a product, apply a service to their brand or to their social media platform. And it can, you know, go like crazy. You know, it's like fireworks. It's like, you know, a rocket to the moon literally within a day. And that's what happened with this social media campaign. They had all the, the right shots, the right photos, the right placement on all the platforms. And then they led everyone, you know, almost to the slaughter by using influencers that they quote unquote paid, which I don't think most of them even got paid, or they were promised cabanas and luxury uh, places to stay at the actual festival for doing one post. And as they posted these like orange, you know, squares on Instagram, they just had the, the, the title, you know, it's going down fire festival or, you know, the next big thing or whatever. And it was that, that, that draw of thousands or, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people clicking that going to the platform, seeing the amazing, you know, experience that they could go to and, and, and encounter and all they, you know, for the most people that could afford it, even probably people who couldn't afford it would, you know, at the drop of a hat, literally drop. I think some of the tickets went for like $250,000, something beyond belief. Cause that included, I think airfare and the cabanas and, and this, you know, the food and everything. Lo and behold, they didn't have any, when I say they, I mean the, the, you know, the people running it, the, the billies and the jaw rules had absolutely no idea how they were going to do all those things on a, on a, a remote Island in, in the Bahamas, let alone if you did it in Miami or another bigger, you know, hot climate kind of area. But yeah, they, as the people were being drawn to it, as people were purchasing things, it was like, it was like fueling the fire. So the lie just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And once again, as, as some great salesmen can do, they can go along with the lie by creating other lies or by misleading other people or by saying the right things to the right people at the right time. Like one of the statements was some of the investors who invested in the festival, um, they were giving false, you know, um, uh, you know, net income statements from fire media saying that we're making, you know, millions of dollars or we're getting people like Drake to come in and be at this festival for only a hundred thousand dollars. 
And so as he, they threw out these lower numbers, it was to add value to the opportunity as it being undervalued. And at that point, an investor would, of course, jump in because they're like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is easy money. You know, it's almost like Bitcoin before the, the boom uh, or what, you know, I would say what gold is. But gold is actually an actual real opportunity with actual value behind it and actual history. So it was like that, though. It was like that seeing seeing the lotto tickets, you know, or seeing the lotto numbers before the drawing and being able to to type in your number. So. So as the people are signing up, as the 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 amazing event is being casted out to the public via social media and the Internet, in all reality, everyone in the Bahamas is, you know, looking at these terrible tents and seeing these terrible uh, environments. And originally the island that they said they owned and said that they could host this amazing event at, it couldn't even hold a thousand people, which I guess was the max that they sold out of. And, you know, other concert promoters, other concert, uh, goers even were seeing these, these numbers and they're just baffled because they're like, how in the hell does a first time festival sell out, let alone sell out at such a high cost and a high, um, I don't know, like failure rate. <laughs> Cause flying anywhere. I mean, that's, that's adding another element that, you know, you probably would normally just take care of it yourself, but they're offering the whole package. So, so they're, they're going from this one Island that they said they owned to a few other islands and every time it would change and before they thought they they didn't need to change they were like gonna rent a cruise ship to just park next to the island that way people can go on and off and yes it would have been hard to get drunk people on late at night but at the same time if you guys have ever been on a cruise ship i mean you guys know how it is especially if they are at port overnight i mean essentially you can stay out as long as you want and whenever you want to go back there's a ferry that you know that can take you back and forth. And um, that would have solved so many problems. Yes, it wasn't what they had promoted. Yes, it wasn't what they sold. But if they would have just backtracked, said, hey, you know what? We're actually not able to provide so-and-so accommodations, but we're going to do basically one better. Because honestly, cruise ship amenities, food, everything, it's, it's nice, you know? Granted, some of them can be a little older, and some of them aren't like the newest amazing cruise ship, but that would have solved so many problems. But I think out of ego and out of trying to, you know, keep the lie alive, they said, no, we're not going to do the cruise ship thing, you know, and let's just go to another island. And then that turned into another island. And then it turned into another island. And then all of a sudden they realized they couldn't even do it on an island in general. And they ended up doing it on a like a bigger piece of land in the Bahamas, but it was... You know, they were they ended up using this one piece that kind of looked like an island, but it was still connected to the mainland. It was and the way that they got away with it was they just kind of traced the outline of the area and then made blue all the way around it as if it was an island. So as the real event is is being created or built or set up or whatever you want to call it, 
I mean, there's so many problems from from getting more tense and getting more things like it to renting out Airbnb places for the the higher end people or the influencers to, you know, artists backing out to and and what's crazy, too, is that the people that were actually running that side of it and getting the resources to put it on were all the way in New York City. and, and, And they're sitting there on the phone 24 hours a day trying to figure out how to convince everybody to actually commit to doing this other than just giving them a really crazy number that they're going to pay them, which is basically how it is. I mean, it would be like, yeah, it would be like our government saying like, oh, we need to pay off this debt. Well, let's just print that much mo- that much money. So we're going to say that we're just going to print all that money and and pay off that debt so now we can pretend like it doesn't exist, like, like we don't have to worry about it anymore because that's taken care of. So obviously, I think you guys know where it's headed because – as people start showing up, it was it was so instantaneous when when they get there because they're actually taken to another part of the island slash the mainland to a, a, like almost like a little resort. But, you know, there's hundreds of people there just getting drunk, eating food, hanging out. Um, they they had to wait there like six hours, something crazy. And and then at that point, once they finally did get uh, brought over to the location, the bus driver was the one that had to tell them, oh, yeah, you're really going to hate, you know, this uh, this scenario you're about to be in. And they thought he was kidding. They literally thought he was kidding. So as as it's unfolding and as it's happening, people are just in awe that this is what they were this is what they paid for and this is what they're given i mean that i believe that the tents were used for the last hurricane in the bahamas and they were just left over so they got a good deal on them um like no food i think the 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 biggest social media so obviously once once word got out that this thing wasn't happening or if it was happening it was going to be terrible um, there was a shot, uh, I can't show it to you, but it's basically, you know, it's a, it's a styrofoam, uh, you know, food holder and it's got the three little areas. So there's the two little ones and then a bigger area. And then in the bigger area, there's two pieces of bread, two pieces of like, what looks like white American cheese. And then in one of the like little, little other areas, there's nothing in the uh, third one, but in the one little area, there is some lettuce and like two tomatoes. And that was their gourmet food that they were offering the crowd. So once that post hit, it was it was basically done, like done for. Um, you know, news outlets got a hold of it. And and it, at that point, it was just, OK, how are we going to survive? Because there's really no way that any of us are are going to get the experience that we thought. And now that now that we're in this situation, you know, what are we going to do? So as we look back on on this this scenario, I'm going to I'm going to finish it up in a sec, but as we look at the wellness side of this scenario and and the wealth behind it. So millions of dollars 
Um, I believe the total in fraud was 25, almost $25 million that was used to basically create this facade. Things were paid for and things were spent for basically no reason. And, and then you have the people, you know, their quality of life in those moments were so bad, like ethically, morally, that was probably like, you know, hell on earth for those people. And, you know, imagine being taken to a place where you really can't get off, at least very quickly. There's no real food. There's no real place for you to stay. And essentially, you, you're you just now just trying to survive. You know, imagine getting thrown onto a desert island, even though it wasn't really a desert island. But there was no real, you know, there's no Ubers. There's no... Uh, rental rental cars. There's nothing you can do to get out. You only ha- you literally have to just stay until you're told where to go. So it's almost like a prison, you know. And it, and then you almost have like the Stockholm syndrome because essentially, you know, there's there you have to kind of just deal with with the people running it. And and there's nothing you can do other than just do what they say and you know probably come back to them every time you need something and. And, you know, even if you tried to get away, you probably had to come back. And so all that to be said, um, the concert never was held. You know, the concert never went on. Um, All the bands, if they didn't already pull out before the concert happened, the guy who actually booked them all through Fire Media ended up just calling them and canceling everyone. So if that screwed over them more, I mean, so be it. But. I mean, the real thing that should have happened is they should have immediately, which they were told to do by other people who felt convicted enough and had those ethics to to tell the 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 head of the the whole entire project, you just need to cancel a majority of the tickets that you sold to those people because at least they're going to get their money back. They won't have to go through all that trouble all that time that they're going to spend going through that, that pain and anguish and people just had too much pride. There was so much wealth involved that essentially the wealth overpowered the wellness. And I think we can relate to that. I mean, I'm sure there's situations that we've all been in where it literally came down to the wealth of the scenario, the project, the business, the, the job, the gig, the whatever, that it was worth it for the people running it, you know, the leaders to screw over everyone else so that they could get, you know, to, they could fill their, their quota or meet their bottom line or whatever. And so, so it, you know, the, so because the concert didn't happen, because everyone just ended up going home and the people that actually showed up late had to just turn back around. Um, you know, people like even the, even Ja Rule, after the fact, when they were doing a, a meeting, you know, via Skype and whatnot, they were still trying to flaunt the fact that, well, this is just bad PR. You know, there was nothing we could have done. Like, just crazy shit that shouldn't be said. At that point, you should have been like, you know, we fucked up and there's 
There's really nothing we could do other than just apologize, try to make amends with as many people as we can, make it up to them as many ways as possible. I mean, even the the locals, there was a lady who had a restaurant or a catering business, but she provided a lot of food for the the whole process. She felt so bad that that her her friends, her employees, her partners didn't get paid that she pulled out $50,000 out of her own savings to to help fund the, you know, the relief of this scenario. And that's that's not right. That's not right. And I mean, unfortunately, it was in a different country. So honestly, anything that that Billy did, at least that I could tell, that wasn't with an American or, you know, wasn't through an American lawsuit, it, it was basically fell on deaf ears. And so I, I it's I'm I'm sad to say that I wish I wish Billy would have learned his lesson, but I'm going to, I'm going to finish the podcast with this and it's going to blow your mind. But so when they get back, when, when people are still pretending like it wasn't their fault, there's nothing they could do. And everyone else who was involved, who knew it wasn't going to, you know, turn out the way they said, and was constantly being convicted and constantly bringing up the fact that this is wrong. We need to change it. And, but they weren't in control. It's like being at a bad job with bad leadership and you can either, you know, put your foot in your mouth and get paid or you can just leave. Um, I know I've done that multiple jobs because that's just, I, I can't live my life like that. But as he is being prosecuted for this fraud, this, this basically $25 million fraud, um, he gets he he makes bail, I think it was three hundred thousand dollars, and he ends up living with his mom and dad, and then ends up somehow being able to rent a penthouse for a while, and then he decided that he was gonna have a videographer come, and and film him, I guess like it's almost like the aftermath film, either for his own memoirs or for a future production. For Netflix or Hulu, but essentially he partners with another guy who ends up throwing another scam together about selling these fake VIP tickets and these fake event uh, scenarios and and just and it's so hilarious because all the people that were from the fire email list were getting them. And it always came from Frank at whatever the company was called. And they were able to trace all of the fake, you know, information from each email, like after the fact. I mean, people did it in real time. But, you know, when they showed it in the film, it was just hilarious that every single scam that they were trying to run to get people to spend thousands of dollars. I think someone ended up spending like 100 grand. But that got Billy sent to prison for six years either just that or the combination of the two but federal prison for six years for fraud and i mean people shouldn't have to go through that and inevitably the the guy got what he deserved but 
those six years aren't going to bring back the millions of dollars. They're not going to bring back everyone's time, everyone's, you know, stress. I mean, you can't reduce the stress that causes your gray hairs. And yet these people put others through hell just because their egos are too big. And that's kind of where I want to leave it. I, I want everyone to be aware that these things do happen and they do happen frequently. They might not happen at such a scale. It might not be 25 million, it might be 2,500 or even $25. But at the heart of it, at the root of the, the disease, the cancer is not only bad wellness and a bad quality of life for everyone around this person, but it's bad leadership. And it's bad uh, wealth management. And I, I hope and I pray that this type of a podcast can really reveal, reveal the negative only because I want you to be positive through every situation that you go through from here on out, whether it be emotional, environmental, intellectual, financial, um, spiritual, social, physical, I think I named them all. I want your wellness to be so in your hands. I want you to be empowered. I want you to be self-aware of who you are to the point where that kind of shit is going to skim right off you. It's going to, it's going to, it's not going to go over your head. It's going to, it's going to miss you by a mile. Because you can see that shit from a mile away. You know what I mean? And and so I hope that that's what this did. I mean, I really felt like heavy hearted after watching it to the point where I'm like, I mean, I don't even know if I can watch the Hulu one because I just it's it's bad. Like it's, it's just a bad scenario. It's a bad horror movie. And I mean, bad meaning like it's it's good at what it does. It literally horrified the crap out of me. And, and just, I mean, you see, you hear about these things in the securities industry with retirements and, and pensions and, and stock market and, and other places that usually have that kind of fraud, Ponzi schemes, but to have just regular people trying to go to like what seemed to be a normal festival be abused by just having a love for music. And I mean, it, I'm not going to say it could have been me, but yeah, maybe 10, 15 years ago, if I was hired as a musician to play with a band that was going to be a headliner of this, I would probably do anything to make it happen. And that's the problem. The problem is that people will do things to, to create a reality. They'll move mountains and they'll distort reality to the point where, you know, I've, I've been guilty of it. I've literally put myself and my team through hell in different scenarios that shouldn't have ever happened, that shouldn't have been tolerated. And there was no, there was no gauge of the fact that, oh, I think we're overworking this volunteer or, you know, Billy Bob's been working 40 hours already this week and you want him to work another 40 that's just not right 
there's no quality of life in that scenario in in pushing someone over the edge like that and as leaders as future business owners and employers we 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 need to have our values our morals and our ethics figured out to the point where any of these kinds of scenarios can be just like immediately denied declined nope 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 and yet when there's a wealth part of it when someone can see a dollar sign above people's wellness it creates what we just talked about and so like i said i'm gonna leave it at that if you do see the hulu thing let me know if it's any different any better uh i think the netflix one was like an hour and 45 minutes i mean it was freaking long to the point where my wife and i literally like paused it to go eat or pause it to shower or pause it to go run an errand or it was like we literally had to like watch it in chunks but we were very very drawn because we don't like to see people go through that and to see it happen in almost real time i mean they documented the whole damn thing it wasn't just like the glamour shots from the advertising and then people getting interviewed after it was literally in the process of the whole thing that they were able to capture. And I mean, the good and bad about documentation is you really do can, or you really can see it all and you see it all unfold. And it's like, you can see the signs. It's like watching the office and being like, Pam, you were supposed to date Jim the first day, but you didn't. And you waited how many seasons to finally divorce Roy or I like, sorry, walk out on Roy and then by the time he came back, Jim was already gone and dating someone else. So uh, I had to throw in an office reference, right? <laughs> Every episode. But um, yeah, as we hit around 40 minutes, I, I just want to once again, just encourage everyone to be self-aware about yourself, about your own work ethic and 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 what you want to see in an employer Take those questions and those those realistic goals that you have for your future employer and and ask them. And you might be surprised at what you hear, good and bad. The employers that I've had where if I would have asked them the right questions because I'm self-aware about who I am, like, oh, if X, Y, and Z happens, what are you going to do to the, the employee? And depending on their answer, you're going to be able to tell if you want to work there forever or not. Because I think that's what our goal is as human beings. We always want to go to a place to work that we can see ourselves being there long term. You know, maybe not like in the old days where it was you get hired at 18, you work till you're 65, 55, whatever. And then you retire with a full pension and blah, blah, blah. So I hope this helped. I appreciate everybody. This has been our wealth and wellness wednesday podcast we will see you later and we love you bye bye